blessed afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining us on our Sunday worship service. Once again, it's a privilege for us to study God's Word today. Let's continue to pray that um, in due time, we will be together uh, in this place, worshiping God and praising God and studying God's Word together. You know, when you look in our news today, in the newspaper, online articles, some of us might wonder and why that the things in this world today is getting from bad to worse. Some of us might even begin to question whether the world will end soon. Now, COVID have came and affected our lives totally, affected nations, affected families, businesses, and, and a lot of people have been affected with this pandemic. Some are sick and, and, and so on. The, the impact is so great. Not only this pandemic, a lot of things happening in, in, in this world today. We also have um, some countries that have, are in conflict, like U.S. and China. They are in, in, in I would say, Tago war in both economic and even in the, in the way they approach things. So these two nations are important in the economy of the world. So if they don't friend with one another, it will affect many nations. At the same time, there's so much problem. In, in some nation. people who are poor are getting poorer. Those who are rich, they're losing a lot of their, um, their, their I would say, they, their stand on, on their finances. They're losing a lot of finances. Poor people couldn't go to school because they don't have the ability to study online. People are losing their jobs. And recently, a few weeks ago, we have heard about the explosion in Lebanon. You know, as you look at all this situation, you would ponder what's happening to the world. There's increase in broken family, in violences. And this is just the general things that's happening as you read the newspaper today. But even the church spirituality have been affected. Churches... Our faith today is being challenged by so many things, more things today as ever before. With so many things happening today, how can we find our footing? How can we find our security? How can we find our hope, confidence, and our assurance for the future? Today, we will be looking at the book of Revelation and I pray that it will encourage us today to know that, that at the end, everything will be all right. I've entitled this sermon, Remembering the Future. I'm not, I did not say remembering the past, remembering the future. You know why? Because God already has told us in the scripture, as people, as children of God, our future will be all right. That the story that God has written in His Word, if you read the book of Revelation, it gives us hope and confidence, knowing that God is in control, that God has a plan, that those who worship Him, everything will be all right. Remembering the future. Let us all read Revelation chapter 4, verse 6 to 11, and Revelation chapter 5, verse 9 to 14 as our text today. But if you have the time, do read both chapters. Let's read together. 
And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And the day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever. And the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. Chapter 5, verse 8. And when he asked and he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, holding, each holding the harp and the golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal for you who were slain. And by your blood you have ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests for our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne the living creatures and the elders of the, the voices of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, wealth, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and, and under the earth and in the sea in all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Let us pray. Lord, as we look into your word, our imagination might not comprehend what's happening. Some of us might be perplexed with the things that we have read. But we know, Lord, it's your Holy Spirit that will illuminate your word so that we can understand your word clearly. Lord, I pray this time as we study your word, may we hear from you. Touch our hearts, Lord that we may hear from you, not the wisdom of men, but Lord, let it be, as I preach, be a demonstration of your power in your spirit. Because our faith, Lord, is not rooted in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So may our eyes, Lord, may our hearts, Lord, be in tune to your voice, to your word this day. So have your way, O Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And see, as you read the book of Revelation, I would say many of us would begin to imagine with all the things, creatures flying here with many eyes and so on. You see, the book of Revelation is one of the challenging books to interpret and to study because of many reasons. The book of Revelation have many diverse genre. It is a letter. The same time, it's a prophetic letter, a letter 
that would speak to the churches. When I mention by prophetic, it means God is telling them to come back or to repent or to turn or to continue on. But at the same time, this particular letter of revelation is apocalyptic in nature. When I say apocalyptic, it, is, it uses... It, it's not common in our days today, but in the ancient time, it uses um, symbols, languages, to set an example of what will happen in the future. So it, because of its diversified, diverse genre, it's hard to interpret. The same time, the way it's being interpreted, some scholars or people would interpret it as historical books. So as they see the text, they would just go back to the past and try to understand what's happening. Some would interpret the book of Revelation as idealistic. It's simply symbol that would help us understand our present time. Thirdly, it, it also, some would interpret the book of Revelation as futuristic. Kaya paminsan na nababasa mo na iba ay natatakot dahil futuristic ang perspective nila. Ganito pala ang mangyayari sa mundo. And oftentimes, why uh, it's hard to study the book of Revelations, oftentimes we, we, don't, we, we try to look at the culture in the environment around us and even our theological influences and try to put meaning to what we are reading. Instead, we fail to just study God's Word and let, what, and let God's Word speak what it meant all about. Sometimes we look around. You know, I remember the time Y2K. In the time na Y2K, maraming mga sabi nila is last days na daw. Kaya nagbilihan sila. And, in, it's, in, it gone, so many things were happening. And they would even refer to the book of Revelation. They say, na. And sometimes nagiging excited tayo. And when we see 666, mukhang demonic agad. So there are times we try to, to put our idea into the text. And because of that, we look at the book of Revelation as doom and gloom. When the message, the real message of Revelation is to give hope, security, and for the future. To give hope to all the people. For us to understand clearly our text, we need to know to whom it was written to and where it came from. And as we understand this, we'll be able to de- derive truth in application for our current situation. In chapter 1, it's explained to you where it came from and to whom it was addressed. It says here in verse 4 to 5 in chapter 1, it says, John to the seven churches that are in Asia. This letter is addressed to the seven churches in Asia. It's in, in from whom? It says, it's grace to you from whom who is and who was and who is to come, God the Father, and from the seven spirits. Now, when you said seven in apocalyptic literature, it, you cannot just say, oh, literal seven. You have to understand what it meant seven in their time. It means perfect, holy, whole. Scholars said this seven spirit is a term that they would use to to this to explain the Holy Spirit. And then verse 5 says, from Jesus Christ. So this letter addressed to the seven churches from God. And that's why in chapter 2 and 3, 
you notice how it's written. It's written there that the problems, the specific problems that the, each churches were facing. The first one is in Ephesus. It says there, they, the good works, they have lost, they, God commended their good works, yet they had lost their love. And then a few more. Some said, uh, in the last one, he said, you are lukewarm, neither cold or hot. I will speak you out. See, God is addressing specific problems in these churches. At the same time, they're not only just facing specific challenges, they're also spe- facing a great tribulation and trials that's brought by emperor worship. At those times, the Roman emperor, specifically Emperor Nero and Domitian, demanded demanded everyone to consider them as God, to consider them, and to render worship to them. So, ayun ang challenge ng early church at that time. There is an emperor, a Roman emperor, that is telling them, I am the king and emperor of Rome. You have to worship me because I am a God. But of course, these believers, these churches, have been persecuted. They were considered disloyal. They were antisocial. Dido sumasama sa mga things that's happening of the world. These Christians were victims of violence and social injustice. At the same time, also false teacher would arise and said to them, to the churches, Alam mo, go with the flow ka na lang. Puriin mo yung Panginoon mo. At the same time, puriin mo yung emperor. Lighten up. Try to fit in. Compliment, don't compete. See, they are struggling. With all these things that's happening in their life, we thank God that God sent a letter to them, to John, to encourage them, to remind them that their future is secure, to remind them to persevere, to remind them to walk faithfully in the ways of God, to remind them to trust in the Lord until the end. And I believe this message applies to us today. Our future is always secured because God, first point, is above all. His strong withstand forever. God is above all. You know the text that we have read in chapter 4, the focus was God the Father. And let us look how John describe God in this particular text. In verse 3 to 5 in chapter 4, it says here, And he who sat there, God, had appearance of jasper in Chan Lian, and around the throne was a rainbow that has appearance of emeralds. It says here, there, jasper, emeralds. You know, during the time, all these, these tones represents something. Jasper means majesty. Jasper means holiness, means purity. Carnelian means, uh, it, is a, a, uh, it represents judgment. Where emerald, it, is, it speaks of mercy. So it says here, it's appearance of this, majesty, mercy. And then as we continue on in verse 4, it says here, around the throne were 12, 24 thrones, and seated on the throne were 24 elders. Now, there's many interpretations in this particular text. 
But one interpretation they said it's probably the 12 tribes or the 12 disciples. But all of them, many of them would agree that these 12, uh, 24 thrones or elders that were sitting represents the redeemed church. And then as we look at chapter 5, it says, For the throne came flashes of lightning. When you talk about lightning, rumbling, and thunder, it speaks of power and majesty of God. You see, this is how John in his writing described God, that He is holy, majesty, majestic, He's pure, He's merciful, He's powerful. And as we continue on in verse 7, he says here, or even creatures, living creatures, worship. He says, around the throne, in each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. Ngayon, pag binasa mo ito, parang nakakatakot. Ano ang may mata? Maraming mata. Sige. Bar Arnold, best friend ko dito. Ano maraming mata na prutas? Pinya. But here, when you talk about eyes, about, it's about vision. Apocalyptic literature is symbolizes something. In verse 7, it says, The first living creatures like a lion. The second living creatures like an ox. The third living creature with the face of a man. And the fourth living creatures like an eagle in flight. Scholars said it represents Different kind of creature that God created. Lion speaks of strength. Ox means speaks of service. Man is intelligent. Eagle is swiftness. And all these creatures, as you read in the text, would worship God because they are merely creation. In verse 8, God was described. The focus now is the unique character of God. We see here, the, these four living creatures, each of them with six wings. Ngayon, six wings, full of eyes all around and, with, and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. See, these angels worshiping God and saying, Holy, 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 holy means that God alone is set apart. God is absolute transcendence. God is infinite in purity. He is perfect. It means that no one is like Him. It means that no one can be compared to Him. One writer says, God is holy means that He is absolutely separate from and exalted above all His creatures and creation and is entirely separate from all moral evil and sin. He's holy. In verse 11, it expressed that God alone is the reason of our existence, that He is our Creator. He says here, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will, they existed and were created. Why I'm emphasizing all these things? When you put everything together, how God was described as marvelous light, how angels, how the creation, how the redeemed would come to the Lord and bow down and worship Him, 
how it was described as holy, 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 how it was described, his mighty work, and what he has done, that we are merely creation. It simply describes that God is above all, that he alone sits on the throne, and his throne is forever and ever. You know, when this truth comes to the hearts and mind of the early church, it gives them hope and assurance that God is sovereign and He's in control. Just imagine the emperor of Rome said, I am God, and they've been persecuted. They, it seems that nothing is happening. But when, Paul, when John wrote, you know, this guy, this emperor, will not last. But the God we worship, the God who's sitting on the throne. All creation will worship Him. And it should remind us today, no matter the things that were happening in our life, we often forget, we often forget who God is, that God is seated in His throne, that He is above all, that He is sovereign, that He is in control. You know one thing, what make a nation or a company be successful? It all first lie in the person on the top of the head. I believe that's how it. If that person on top is trustworthy, someone that you, you believe in, you have peace in your heart. The beautiful thing here, our life is submitted to the Lord. When we recognize that He's above all things, at the end of it, He is there seated on the throne, that His majesty, majestic, it gives us a peace in our heart and security, knowing that He is above all our circumstances, all our trials, all the things that we are facing today. It is above all everything. Second, our future is secured because God is victorious. And as people of God in Christ, we have victory. Now, chapter 5 focus on the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ and His work. If you study chapter 5, it started by a question, who, who can open the scroll? And in verse 5, it says here, and one of the elders said to me, Weep no more, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered. The lion of, in the tribe of Judah speaks of Jesus. The root of David speaks of Jesus. And he says that he has conquered. And it's followed in verse 6. He says here, And between the throne in the four living creatures, and among the elders I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain, with seven horns. Now, we cannot take that seven horns literally. It looked look really weird. What it speaks is here, this lamb who have conquered Jesus Christ, have conquered, have seven horns. It means he's all-powerful. And it says here, as, as if he had been slain. It speaks of our Messiah, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lamb of God, seven horns, seven eyes, speaks of power and wisdom. And as we continue on in verse 9 to 10, 
It says, and they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seal, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And verse 10, and you have made them a kingdom of priests for our God, and they shall reign on the earth. You know what Christ did? Because of his blood, we've been ransomed. Christ has overcome the world. Christ has conquered sin and death. He has conquered the enemy. And now we've been ransomed and now we belong to, the, to God's kingdom. And now we are his priests. This is an assurance for us to know to whom we belong in our new identity. Because of Christ, we've been redeemed and we are part of God's kingdom. And when we are part of God's kingdom, it means that the king will look after you. He will care for you. He has a responsibility for this kingdom. And a beautiful thing for us to know that God, through Christ, He's been victorious. You know how it should apply to us. You know, often time we forget our identity and to whom we belong. When hardship would come, we forget that we are God's children to whom we belong. When pressure would come, we forget what our responsibility are. Sometimes when pressure would come, we forget that we are called to be chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people for his own possession. We forget that we are priests for the Lord. But let it be our reminder today that in Christ we have victory, that God is victorious, he has defeated the enemy, that at the end of it all, God stands victorious. What happening in our life today is not the end. The beautiful ending we have in our story of life, in our faith, is God have won it all. And it should ring in our heart, in our mind. As He's won it all, not only that, we belong to His kingdom. Let us be reminded that God is above all, that God is victorious. And lastly, I will now shift the focus on the creation. How did they respond in seeing who God is? You know what they do? They worship. And this leads me to the third point, that God deserves our worship, that God is to be worshipped, for He alone is worthy. Revelation 5, 13, 14, it says here, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth, and under earth and in the sea, and all that's in them, saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down in worship. In these two chapters, five hymns were written. Angels and elders, heavens and earth worship. The worship is God-centered, it's Christ-centered. It focuses on God's attribute and character. It, it recognizes God's mighty act. And when we have that God-centered, Christ-centered, focus on God's attribute and character, 
and His mighty acts. You know what happened into our heart? We begin to worship Him. We begin to humble ourselves and adore Him. We, get, we had that reverence towards Him. And what struck me the most in this particular text is how the elders responded. They cast their crown and bowed down. They bowed down, saying, Lord, this crown belongs to you. You are the absolute, only one that have absolute authority. God alone is worthy of our worship. You know, the early church I mentioned were faces, faced a lot of challenges because of emperor worship. And one thing that the book of Revelation in this particular letter is telling them is to refocus their eyes on God, to have a clarity who God is, to set their eyes on Him so that they can worship Him no matter what the world is saying. That their heart, their mind is to worship the living God. At times today, We don't really worship and give honor to, to God what's supposed to be. And I saw this picture, the different kind of worship. In phase one, bow down. Many times we have the last one. It's about ask me what I want. But in this book of Revelation, it speaks, tells us, to just bow down to Shaka, to honor God for who He is in our life. In spite of the challenges the early churches face, God is telling them to worship Him until the end, until we are with Him, continue to worship God. You know, the book of Revelation calls us to remember that our future is full of hope and assurance, enduring all the things that we might face while we are here. May we always remember our future is bright, that everything will be all right. Because God is above all. God is victorious. And as we remember those things, God deserves our absolute worship. In time of pandemic, we are not here in Shekinah Hall worshiping. I pray that God would change our attitude, that even when we are at home, we will worship Him in spirit and in truth, because He's worthy of it all. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you reminding us, O oh God, that you are worthy of it all. That you are victorious, that you are above all. And may we respond in worship. Remind us, Lord, that it's less of us and more of you in our lives. Salamat, Panginoon, for your word today. And right now, Lord, we open our hearts to you. To worship you to honor you, 
to recognize, Lord, that you are the Alpha and Omega, beginning and end. That you are our Savior, our Lord and King. So here we are, Lord. Have your way, O Lord, in our hearts today. Give us our eyes to see who you are each day. Hallelujah. Let's just worship him. No matter where you are today. You may be in your room with your family. Let's lift up our hands and say, Lord, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy, God. And we lift our hearts to you, Lord. All the saints. All the saints and angels bow before your throne. All the elders cast their crown before the Lamb of God and sing. All the saints. Oh, the saints and angels will bow down, bow before your throne. Yes, God. All the elder cast their crowns before the Lamb of God. And sing. you are worthy, you are worthy of it all.
Lord, remind us that we are your creation. Not only we are your creation, we are people that you have redeemed by your blood. And now we are part of your kingdom as your priest. Remind us the truth. It's part of your kingdom, Lord. We are safe in the way you rule because you are holy and righteous. And as we look upon your character and attributes, remind us, Lord, that you are above all, above all. No other kingdom, only your kingdom will reign forever. And at the same time, you are victorious. At the end of all, Your word says, you have won, you are victorious. And may we respond in worship, remembering the truth. And even, Lord, as we look at the book of Revelation, remind us to look at the future with anticipation, with joy, with assurance, with faith. Because we know that in our life, Lord, in the future we have, Lord, everything will be all right. Salamat, Panginoon. Before I end, I just want to read last few verses in Revelation. And this is the promise of Jesus. He says in Revelation 22, verse 7, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the word of the prophecy of this book. In verse 12, Behold, I am coming soon. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, beginning and the end. And Revelation 22, 20, he says, Surely, I'm coming soon. Remember, brothers and sisters, nahirapan ka man sa buhay dito, Jesus is coming soon. Let's just receive the benediction. To Him who loves us and has freed us from our sin by His blood and made us a kingdom, priests, to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Lord, as we face this brand new week, may we have that security knowing that our future is bright because you are above all, that you are victorious. And may we respond in worship each day. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us in our worship service. See you again next week. And even if we would like to invite you in our online prayer gathering every Wednesday in 9 p.m. 
Always remember, love God and love His people. God bless everyone.